so Masonic Light Podcast. This is Moyer calling again. I'm currently over at Millersville Lodge. We're doing a Tall Cedar sub-party. It's more specifically for Lancaster Forest number 27. And Pete Rizuri is in charge today. And so far he's left, wants to get um, ties, to tie the bags. And now he just came back with some more lettuce. Totally disorganized. You've got people standing around here looking around. Typical. And then on top of that, Larry Morris comes in doing his weebles wobble, but they don't fall down invitation, you know, going left, right, left, right, groaning, moaning, whatever. He leaves early for a alleged doctor appointment. But anyway, we're having a good time. Hopefully next next sub-party, Pete will have all the ingredients and won't hold up the production line. So I'll be calling back soon. i got something to harass Jack Carly about. Bye. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. And Jack! Hey, that's me. And welcome. Hey, everybody. It's Pete from Masonic Light Podcast. Hi, everybody. And this is a, a monument... Momentous... It's a big day. Momentous. <laughs> momentous day. It is episode number 50. 50. Ooh, 50. Ooh. I turn 49 tomorrow. Coincidence? What? I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Times 33 equals it's a lot. So uh, we're going to have a... We, uh, it's a prime number. It, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Optimus Prime. So uh, we're going to have... it. We have a wonderful guest today, Brother Ken Hudson. Say hi, Ken. Hello. There's Ken. Okay. And um, keep it down, Ken. Yeah, I am. So, but Ken, <laughs> Ken, what we're gonna, what we do is we go around the room. We talk about what we've done the past couple weeks um, in Freemasonry, and then we go to commercial, and then we interview you. That's the exciting. That's our exciting format that mm. ha- gives us ten fans. Jason or ten million. Yeah, Jason. What have you done masonically the past two weeks? I have a ton of stuff that I've done. Well, actually, I don't have a ton masonically. Masonically, I did. Uh, Lodge education, uh, you know, it's the end of the month, so there really wasn't much going on. But I did <laughs> receive all of my, I don't even know what the right word is, but my Oddfellows degrees in my Oddfellows Lodge over the weekend at what they call a rally, which you could argue is like a one-day class, but I think it was more like a Scottish Rite reunion type setting. Yeah, r- rally, that in their term kind of got it ruined by... <laughs> Do you have to turn Some your hat groups. around? <laughs> I have to turn my hat around. <laughs> it was it was interesting. It was pretty. It was, do you want me to expand or not? Oh, yeah, yeah. A, it can be a whole segment. We'll come back. We'll come back to it. All right. Okay. That's pretty much what I did. Not fellas. All right, Ken. Have you had anything going on the, masonically in the past two weeks? Mm, just a little. Um, I guess the biggest thing I was doing is working on some of these uh, new applicants that I'm uh, trying to solicit into the lodge. That's going pretty well. And then uh, getting my guy 
prepared for his first degree on this coming Wednesday. Are you a guide or just he's a friend of yours? I'm not sure. I'm going to show up and we'll see oh. where they put me. <laughs> but it's always Sounds like our lodge. <laughs> he's I'm, got a pulse. Put him in a chair. I'm flexible. <laughs> As Larry would say, Ken's on the petition committee. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, Jack, what have you had going on the past couple of weeks? Uh, not too much. I did some candidate education. I did went to uh, our state rehearsal the other night just to pop in as a worshipful has been. I don't really have a role in rehearsals anymore other than to just remind them that they're doing it wrong and that's not how they did it my year. Is that like role reversal? Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, you're completely meaningless now and that's why there's appended bodies so you can go be meaningful again. Hmm. But I did that and I got... Um, oh, b- by the way... Um, uh, Nate Lane? Yes. The Broadway actor? Nicholas Lane. Nicholas Lane. Oh, okay. Sorry. Nicholas Lane, uh, who is Worshipful Master of Castle Island, Castle Virtual, Island Lodge. Virtual Lodge. I was going to get it. It's so slow. I'm older than you. Civil. And he, um, he did contact somebody in Italy who contacted me about my trip over there this upcoming week. And I, I sent a message to him to the fellow in Italy, and I said, well, if it happens, then it'll happen. That'll be cool. If it doesn't happen, that's fine. At least it won't happen while I'm in Italy. So win-win, you know, and he he sent me back an email that said, oh, my brother, it will happen. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if it will or not, but by the time you hear this, it will have either happened or not. Well, just don't wake up with a horse head in your bed. Oh, come on now. If you walk into a room and there's plastic on the floor... Jesus. Just back out. Oh. Hey, I'm Italian. I can make these jokes. Really? <laughs> Larry. Yeah. What have you had going on? We had our uh, lodge meeting on uh, last Tuesday and Goose and Gridiron Thursday. Well how, attended how, again. How was lodge meeting? Oh, it was spectacular. Yes. Yeah, it was a, it was a stated meeting. So uh, Phenomenal. Ch- chicken pot pie night. Larry, well, Larry, pretty well attended. Look at the mic. Not, not at Pete. I am looking at the mic. My mouth is on the mic. What do you want me to do? Put it in my mouth. Like, ah! Oh, oh heavens, we're giggity. Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, geez. That was it. That was it. Quiet week. Oh, I will say one thing, though, about Freemasonry. Saturday morning at 7.30, I'm still in bed. I get this ping, and it's a, uh, a message from Jack Aquilina, Brother Jack, Worshipful Brother Jack in Victoria, Australia. I don't think he's a master yet. Does that make him wasn't worshipful? No, no I didn't say master. Did Larry worshipful, him, so. bro- worshipful brother. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's what they call each other. Okay. If, if you've sat the chair. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about that another time. Anyway, because I don't think I'm wrong. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I, I get this text from him, and he, he says attaches a 81-page uh, thesis that he wrote for presentation to in, the in, insert snoring noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, no, actually, I heard him. If you heard him, 81 read it, pages. Uh, he read the first section of it on which which one virtual, of the, virtual yeah. lodge. Once yeah. he came, R- he was a RJ's. Yeah. R- yeah. So I read through the whole thing for the weekend. I made that my task to do. And he wants me to comment back on it, which I will do in the next few days. But this paper was totally, totally outstanding. Jack is a phenomenal writer. Really fantastic. So, anyway, I did that over the weekend. I look forward to your cliff notes. All right. 
<laughs> he sent it to me too, so that'll be our book review. There you for, go. Yeah, we can make a go. book review of that. Play the music. I hey, read wait. the whole thing. I'm telling you, I was very, very impressed. 81 pages divided by four. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a prime number? Nine times nine. Okay. <laughs> Two of the pages were footnotes, so, yeah. you know, 79. That's a prime number. Optimus Prime. That was me. That was it. So uh, I had some, well, well, Tall Cedars was within the past two weeks. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. So I had a junior, senior night for Tall Cedars. Uh, four out of five of us were there. No, Jason? Oh, yeah, that's right. I did something that night. Um, <laughs> you had a life that night. Wow. And, uh, and Jack's lovely wife, Stephanie, made... The chocolates for the dinner, and my lovely wife Stephanie. They're different. I know we're from Pennsylvania, but they're different wives. <laughs> we're, we're a little farther east. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not Colorado or Utah. I'll edit that one. Okay. Nine minutes and nine <laughs> seconds. So that was fun. Um, we had a hoagie sale out at Millersville Lodge. Uh, Larry popped in to help with that. Uh, that was that went okay. Um, <laughs> and tell you, I dropped nine of them on the floor. <laughs> I'm just glad I was out and about. I missed it. <coughs> um, Surprise in every bar of soap. You know, on a, uh, the non-joking side, I got a, uh, I got a, a random phone call. Um, a Masonic widow found my number in a Masonic newsletter, uh, Tall Cedars newsletter. And uh, sweet lady, 90 years old, and she's been really frustrated with the the process of getting into the Masonic villages under fraternal care. Not because of the Masonic villages causing any problems, but she's just not as on point as she used to be. And there's a five-year look-back period where you have to explain your financials mm-hmm. and it's a 26 point checklist and yeah so she's really getting frustrated with it and I was, so I I went over and tried to help her and I got her in touch with uh, somebody from the office of the aging who got me in touch with somebody who does this for a living so hopefully um, I can get Lodge 476's almoner to cover that service so Larry since I'm not a member of that lodge anymore you and Jason are um Make sure you guys find the checkbook for um, this lovely lady. Well, okay. To, well, okay. To, to pay for her. The, 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 consult, the, the consultant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be uh, 200 bucks. I mean, okay. that's that's what we're there for. Yes. Okay. Will you send me an email? I'll bring it up. At the I sure meeting. will. Okay. Thank you. Um, oh, and the last thing, I got some apparel. Um, apparel what? So <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> oh, 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 God. oh, wait, no. Lancaster oh, Forest. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Ooh, that yeah. is pretty. That's Man. nice. So um, That's a great pair. On our <laughs> You only saw one. So on the on our uh, Masonic <laughs> I'll post a store on Facebook, but we have a, a store where you can buy a Masonic light gear and uh, and it, you can also buy stuff for Ubar Grotto and Lancaster Forest. M O V P E R. M O U S E. If Sean's listening and he does listen to the show, there you go, Sean. More on Sean later. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll, we'll come back. Hey, hey, oh, what, what, what you got? I, I, when you said that you had tall cedars, I remember why I wasn't there. I went to Robert Burns Lodge, not Robert Burns Night. Robert Burns Lodge in Harrisburg's uh, hundred and something something uh, banquet, which is a kind of bastardized table lodge. Slash banquet, but it's it was a lot of festive board. I don't even know if it was a festive board, but it was. They, they had. Did they fest? 
There was tons of... <laughs> Were dig- you bored? There was easily 30, 40 dignitaries, and there was probably 200 and some people there. It was pretty intense. Did they have to introduce everyone? Quickly. They did it quickly. They uh, introduced everybody from the York Rite, please receive them. Introduced everybody from, you know, presiding officers of the Valley of Harrisburg, please receive them. But there was no... Okay. It was quick. It's one of those things. Like, I've been in the maze since 21 years. I'm in all these bodies. <clears throat> when we go, I go out somewhere, everybody's a past something. Everybody's right. got a resume. So it's at a certain point where you just, I'm a master mason, just I'll wave and I'm done. But it seems to be, a, you know, they have eight table, they have eight seats per table. And what it appears happens is that the past masters of Burns or the big wigs of Burns will buy a whole table and then they invite their, you know, their groups. So last minute I was invited to um, the director of works uh, table. He probably had a cancellation, but uh, it was a, it was a really good time. Uh, Robert Burns Lodge. Robert Burns Sorry. Lodge, four hundred and sixty-four. Was, they, was they, Tom LeBaugh there? Tom LeBaugh. He's was, usually there. Yeah, he he was not for no. some reason. He may oh, have had he, another event. He probably got word of the speech he gave in Allentown. Well, the, the guest speaker was the right worshipful junior grand warden Larry Adur, and he did a, he actually did a really nice job. It, it was a, a wonderful event. It was really good. And it was free. I didn't have to pay. It's a random, random compliment. But every time, everything I've seen Larry do since he's been in his position, I, I think he's done a good job. Larry was groomed for for the position for a yeah. very long time, and he's doing a great job. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk to Brother Ken Hudson of Lodge Forty Three. <laughs> So um, we have our guest here today, Brother Ken Hudson uh, from Lodge 43. Singular. Yes. Right. So one of the things I've been trying to bring to the show for a while, and I think Ken is the perfect opportunity. Color. Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You had to go there. Um, I'm color. Pete's play by yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, Ken, how long have you been a Mason? Since uh, October of 16. Okay, so you're a relatively new brother. Very new, yeah. So, but it's really easy to get people to come in here and they can just tell us all about their Masonic accolades. But what I think is really interesting about you is you're just an interesting person. You've had a very interesting life and you are a Mason. And I just think, you know, we're going to try and do this once in a while where just... You know, find some people that are interesting who also happen to be Masons and just mm. kind of do a yep. legit interview. Yep. So we're going to let our professional interviewer, Larry, do this until he breaks. Mm. Uh, then the, the rest of us will jump in. Yeah. He, he did such a fine job opening, and I just want him to continue. I mean, oh. geez, come on. Uh, yeah, thanks, Pete. I appreciate it. That was a very good, very good opening uh, for change. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Ken has been with us, and one of the things that, and, and Ken and I talk frequently, 
And at my age, I forget frequently, too, what we talked about. But we talked about uh, he has an interesting and unique background. And one of the things I want to get him, and I think I'll just highlight quickly, and then he can go into it. This is where Larry re- reads off your resume instead of no, asking I you. I don't have it. One, I'm going to points of interest where growing up, you grew up in a very religious family. Very religious. And yeah. their take on Freemasonry was, whoa, mm. devil. Yeah. Okay, kind of. And I'm, 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 I may be elaborating on that. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about that. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church. Every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where that was yeah. going. <laughs> nice. Oh, my gosh. Nice yeah. You had me hanging. <laughs> yeah, you like to pause. Right? Yeah, right. yeah I, Monday all the way through, every day there was some reason we were going to church. And unfortunately, uh, we only lived a block away. We lived on 57th and Thompson, and the church was right at 58th Street. So... There was no reason why we couldn't go, rain, snow, sleet, or hail, or cow crap, or nothing. Doesn't matter. We were there. Uh, I I had uncles. As a matter of fact, I found out my great-great-grandfather was a mason in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, or Stowe was the name of the town that he was He was a mason. And uh, matter of fact, uh, I have uh, my old apron that my mother gave me. I had to do some research on that. I meant to bring it and show it to you. Um, And I'd heard so many comments and rumors as I was growing up about the Masons. Okay. Uh, Oh, my God. They sacrifice virgins. Yeah. (laughs) You can find any. Yeah. yeah, Well, you know, back then you could. Well, luckily, there's a lot of 40-year-old virgins in the lodge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They all happen to be uh, dudes with ponytails in your lodge. (laughs) (laughs) They said that. I didn't. Yeah. and, and, you know, being young, back then, 8, 10 years old, I didn't know what a virgin was until I was much older. Then I realized I should have joined the Masons a long time ago because <laughs> I would have enjoyed sacrificing a few. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, they... Uh, you better edit that. They, <laughs> no, we, I hope we can use this segment here. He's just going to take your job, Larry. So yeah. <laughs> No, they, they, and they also they, you know, they uh, sacrifice dogs and animals, and you know, I, I was always a pet lover, and that that turned me against them, you know. So I just grew up with this whole negative thing, and anybody said they were masons or or, or had anything to do with masonic anything, I, I was totally against it. Well, one of the things I always find interesting too is that that kind of continued into your young adult life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were an associate pastor of the uh, Temple, was it Temple Ray here in Lancaster? Yeah, Ray's Temple. Which is yeah. a very mm-hmm. big uh, church. Mm-hmm. So you were associate pastor there for how many years? Oh, four years. Four years. Four years yeah. So he's an ordained minister mm-hmm. on top of all. Yeah. He does marriage ceremonies, by the way. Mm-hmm. And funerals too. Yeah, funerals too. Yeah, yeah, do both then. So when did you start getting a different opinion of Freemasonry? Through a uh, my first and second signer, okay, uh, uh, Clyde, Clyde, and and uh, also uh, Steve Henry. They, uh, I knew them. They talk in much detail, but not enough to give me a lot of answers. And I kind of trusted their background and who they were as persons. Uh, then I did a little more research online. Before, I had never had a, uh, a desire to even to do any research on it. And, you know, with the Internet, you can find a lot of stuff. No, let me take that back. A lot of junk, 
a lot of garbage. And, and they kind of directed me in the path that I needed to, to, to research online and come to the realization that, yeah, this, this seems like a good thing. But it didn't happen to connect with me at the one-day class, which, by the way, I'm against. Uh, <laughs> I went in there with uh, no questions. I came out pain. with a thousand questions. And, and if it wasn't for, uh, for members of the Lodge like Ed McGroff and uh, Jason Lewis to fill me guy. in. Yeah, 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 another guy. Um, fill me in on a lot of the things. And Jason, I'll tell you, I called him just about every day. I got a question for you. Called? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I hope you're not busy. Yeah, I got a question for you. What is this? You know, what do you do here? What's it about? You know, how do you pose a dress and all that stuff? You know? I may have jumped a little bit in the progression of things because I took you to the being the, the uh, associate pastor of the church. But there was something else that happened in your life that kind of changed your direction, too. You became a fireman, a professional firefighter. Oh, that started <laughs> way back. When and I was eight years old. When you are eight years old, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. I used to go out and pull the fire alarm at 57th and Thompson <laughs> and sit there and watch the fire trucks come, you know, until I got busted, you know. And, and the lieutenant there says, hey, little boy, did you see you pulled this? I said, yeah, I pulled it. And he said, why you do that? I said, because I went to see the fire trucks. And they invited me up to the station, and I got hooked. You got hooked. Yeah, they were really, really great to me up there. They let me wash floors and do dishes and <laughs> wipe down the fire engine. And I was just so thankful to do that, man. I was so grateful. So it was always in my blood. Now, of course, that's not my my mother didn't have that. <laughs> career and vision for me, so she made me do other things. But well, you actually joined the Philadelphia Fire Department. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was the best time of when, my life. When, what year did you join the Fire 66. Department? 66. And then I think you had told me once, is it true you were the first black lieutenant in the Philadelphia Fire Department? In, that made it within six months, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Usually a couple of years. And back there, you got to remember, we were talking about the 60s, okay? Uh, you, you're lucky you're loud in the station. <laughs> they don't ride. Well, I did ride on the back of the fire engine, oh, <laughs> on the back step, but, you know. Uh, but, no, that, that, that was... Uh, uh, a good thing, and I, I enjoyed that. I really did. It was probably one of the best things I did in my life. And you retired from? Uh, no, no, I didn't okay. retire. No, uh, back in '75, I think it was. I got burned at golf oil, and uh, uh, on my arm, and it, it wasn't a really that severe, but it was enough for me to kind of think twice about doing something. And then some other th opportunities came along too to, uh, that I wanted to try. I was young. And just wanted to experiment a lot of things, you know. And you're still in the fire service. You're a, de a deputy mm -hmm. chief of the hazmat? The assistant chief of the uh, Lakes County hazmat team, yeah. And I was a state fire academy instructor for, for a number of years, yeah. And member of West Hempfield Township Fire and Rescue. Yeah. You know, I grew up in, uh, in Erie, PA, which most of our listeners know. And for listeners just joining us, Ken and I are from the same lodge. Uh, so Ken grew up in Philadelphia. And I grew up in Erie, and my, my Erie family, my dad and my stepmom, came down and came to breakfast, uh, Goose and Gridiron, once with us, and state fire instructor. My dad has been heavily involved in volunteer firefighting mm -hmm. ever since he was a young man, and of course they knew each other. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, 
<laughs> one of my students. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and that that happens because I had over over six thousand students, you know, wow. in the, in the career. Uh, unfortunately, the the two firefighters that passed away in, uh, in York, York City. Oh wow! They they were my two of my students too. So you know, I did yeah. have to attend that, that funeral, and and unfortunately, that happens too often, too often. Yeah. Going back to Freemasonry. Yeah, 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 sorry, thanks. I, I yeah, yeah. Before we all start crying or something. <laughs> Keep going, Larry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, going back to Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. Okay. You you made a conscious decision after talking to Jason and get it. A lot, a lot, a lot changed since you have been could become a Mason. Mm. Tell us about that. Yeah, a lot has changed, um, mm-hmm. I, and uh, Jack has to take some credit for this too. He probably doesn't even realize it. What? Yeah, I know it. I know more than just passing the bottle. Um, <laughs> We're not regulated by the FCC. That's a Masonic secret. Be quiet. Yeah. Royal Arch degree kind of touch base for me. And uh, what a lot of the things that I have been taught and raised and received in some seminary classes and things of that nature and, and followed along with this, it helped me dispel a lot of the rumors and lies that I have been told through, through my uh, childhood and, and, and teenage and adult life. And uh, that made a difference. And then when I saw how this really could enhance my life, I, I, I got a little depressed by the fact that I wasted all these years not being a Mason. Nah, you were building up to it. That's, yeah, well, that's yeah. now I'm way over the hill. I can't build anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to talk about that because I was, if you hadn't said it, I was going to. Mm-hmm. When when you were getting your Royal Arts degrees, it was it was really rewarding to to be a part of your degrees because it's so rare that the guys that are receiving the degrees know the scripture that's being quoted better mm-hmm. than the guys who are conferring the word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going yeah. along with some with some sections, and, and Kenny's going, uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Got that, got that. Yep, I do. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that made a connection for me, okay, because if you're born and raised in the church, and, and you've studied the Bible from, from, from Genesis to Revelations and all in between, then when you you, you get into an organization that you've been told is completely opposite and you find out they're not, um, two things, you can either jump into it with both feet and give it a thousand percent, which I did, or you can get get mad, which I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna write, I'm writing a paper in the process of doing that about right. that experience. Okay, yeah, yeah. and Brother Larry is uh, helping. I got the me first two sections of it. But yeah, yeah, it was might rough. take another month or two to I, get the it third will, section. It will, it will. I have to wake up in the middle of the night when stuff. Larry's comes been through. writing his second book for ten years. Yeah, so oh, now you might want to find another author. <laughs> now, uh, Ken, for our for our listeners, I mean, you mm-hmm. you know you you, you kind of hinted at it by when you joined the uh, fire service, but. I mean, I know that you've been a Mason for about a year and a half because you were in the October 29th of 2016 class. Right. I happen to be the secretary that filed all the paperwork. But mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> how, how old were you when you when you did join? Well, wait a minute. You do the math. I'll be 69 in September. 67. Yeah, there you go. Sad, Larry. I minus 1.5. Awesome. I, w- I was told well there was not going to be any math. <laughs> I, so just, I just I. wanted to point out that he, that Larry is still the oldest person here. 
Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, okay. it, it, it also brings to point, though, we're not only out there recruiting millennials. You know, th- this, right. this is a great Mason. He's a great guy. And, and well, I think we need to be careful when we say the word young. We need, you know, young. Absolutely. Like, we need to attract younger people is one statement. But, you know, when we talk about young Masons, that does, that's not necessarily age. That could be we need length to of membership. Good and, men. Right. And, and, I, and, I, and I think mm-hmm. I think um, the Scottish rights research right, shows that, you know, if somebody like Ken joins in the 60s, and the kids are all out of the house, and he's got free time. There you go. You know, you have an opportunity to get an active brother. Get him a tux. True. Well, that studies show that, well, that the baby boomers and the millennials have, have a, a, a nice overlapping of, mm-hmm. yeah. of morals. But I'll tell you, I mean, there are older people joining our lodge that are just as interested in the esoterics and the yeah, deeper meanings than, than we allude. Yeah. Mm. True. I think there are younger people joining our lodge for those reasons as well. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, I think more than we think they uh, they they are. But I mean, that's I, a, that's I, a challenge for the lodge itself yeah. because they have to meet all kinds of people coming through. Yes. One of the things that I, that I notice and one of the little struggles I'm dealing with is finding people that <laughs> don't have a, 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 a how can I say this? A background that that uh, they've had little run-ins with the law. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh, uh, you know, a DUI here or some other kind of charge. You know, and and they may be good people, maybe good well, men. Well, y- y- you really should flesh that out a little bit because I don't know. Maybe maybe your lodge is a little bit more strict than other lodges, but you know. My lodges I've been in, some youthful ind- youthful indiscretions. When somebody's, you know, mm-hmm. we don't hold some of those things against them. That's pretty much been my my case. <laughs> when I was young and foolish, I was young and foolish. Yeah. So I mean, mm. yeah. ditto. Well, Ken, you you said something, and and uh, <laughs> if we need to edit this out, we can edit it. But you know, you said something that really struck a chord with me a, a month or two back. We had had. Uh, you know, had a had adult beverage at our, our normal after lodge meeting place. I wasn't responsible for that. And uh, well, you you no, you were drinking your soda. You're, you're, oh, okay. But we were talking about we talk about how we need you know the masonry is diverse, mm-hmm. and we need, we want to attract diverse people. However, you can't grow up poor and not have a run in with the law. Okay, uh, because you got to eat, you got to have a roof over your head, you have to have clothes on your back, you want to provide something for your children or your family, and sometimes you might have to do something that you, you know, shouldn't do, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person, uh, you know, but and you may regret it, and you may have even paid paid a price for that, you know, and then some people are, are lucky that they they didn't get caught and say, "Well, I'll never do anything like that again. I got over this hump." But you're going to it's going to be hard to sift through uh, uh, the type of people we're running into today, young or old or whatever their nationalities are, uh, and have and and not find that some kind of trouble in their background. Uh, if the if if Masons are going to use the philosophy of open the door, whosoever let them come, then you got to be ready to get whatever you get through that door. 
Okay. Uh, either put a screen on the door <laughs> before they get through there, or you know, uh, like shut the, the door tight. Idea. You know. <laughs> no, we had it. We had a similar situation, and without getting into too much detail, mm-hmm. there was a young man that that um, the returns came back that he had some nonsense on his record, and by that time, we'd already voted on him and approved him. You know, because we didn't know about that at the time. And, and uh, we were told to go back and take another look. And we went back and took another look. And, and he explained it. He said, I was, I was stupid. I get it. Um, I, I'm not there anymore. I'm not at that place in my life anymore. And I want to surround myself with people that will keep me out of that place. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can't fault the guy for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know absolutely. It, it makes me think about what Ken was saying earlier when he was... Uh, little kid and being mischievous and pulling the fire alarm just to see the fire trucks you know that oh he'd be a terrorist today yeah. mm-hmm. but, but that lieutenant that 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 lieutenant <laughs> by, by being a, yeah, a cool guy yep mm-hmm. and nice to the you know the young young mm-hmm. boy mm-hmm. instead of you know hitting him or getting him in trouble right you know true probably turn your life in a, in a, a positive direction and that's that's very true because if if i look back at my family members that are on or around my age i'm the only one that hasn't done any prison time wow i never got locked up and it's because of my involvement in the in the fire service and in emergency services i have to you know and then i'm older now and i can, you know at, at the thousand foot level i can look down now at, at, at my life and, and and see that made a big big change mm-hmm. you know i uh Sorry, did I interrupt you? No, no, no. That's a well, you sure did, show. That's okay. So, I, I, uh, you know, well, I've, been, I've been thinking about this a lot ever since you made that comment a few months ago. And I and I think about, you know, whoa, you, <laughs> I heard that. Um, we're, we're, we're never going to necessarily change the rules. I think, you know, and, and, and in Pennsylvania in particular, uh, you know, they're, they're scrutinizing, I don't want to say scrutinizing, but they're looking at every single applicant and, you know, those things in the dig- digital age pop up pretty quickly. I don't think that we're going to ever undo those rules of, you know, if you have a recent felony for a violent crime. Oh, okay. Or, for, right. right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we're talking felonies. No, 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 no mm-hmm. we're not. But, but my point being is that I don't think that we're ever going to loosen the reins on mm-hmm. some of the criminal backgrounds, right? And I don't think we should, really. No, 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 I don't think so either. Yeah, no. But what, what I'm, what, what I, you know, when, when I think about diversity and what are we doing to attract diversity, right? Now, we live in Lancaster, obviously, right? Lancaster City, 40% of the population of the city is Spanish-speaking. I think it's, I think it's actually 53%. Yeah. And like 33% in the county, mm-hmm. right? But how many Masons are traveling below King Street, you know, Tangling with these communities, right, like the Spanish community, and finding people that would make good Masons, right? And then these men in the, you know, the Spanish community, the Latino community, mm-hmm. or the minority community, you know, we reach out, we, we, we touch the guys that, that could be good Masons, and then they become good examples in their community, mm-hmm. right? What would have happened if the fire chief or the fireman that was talking to Ken when he was eight years old was a Mason, Right. So if we just had a hand... He might have been. Right, exactly. And you wouldn't <laughs> sure. be so mad that you joined sure. at 67. Yeah, that's right. But shame on us. You know, we talk about being a diverse crowd, but we don't go mingle in the areas where it matters. I'll go even one more. Um, when my youngest kid was in Demolay, the chapter was trying to restart in Lancaster. And it, it wasn't it wasn't working. And, and in, as part of the discussion, it came out, well, why don't we 
reach out to the kids. I mean, this started back in 1910 as a way to reach out to kids who had lost their parents, who had lost a father. Mm. Actually, it wasn't 1910. It was later, but lost a father in World War I and give them a, a, a parent, a father figure to right. go to. Frank well, Land was watching all the disinfected youth, you right. know, being hooligans on the street. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. it, it came out, well, why don't we reach out to the disaffected youth of Lancaster? And you'd have thought that I had set off a stink bomb in church. I mean, it was just like not going to happen. We were not going to go out into the community and reach out to the kids that need it the most. Well, who I, are you going to send? Right. Well, that, that's the thing. You know, there, there are certain things I, I don't think that I'm prepared to do as a Mason, okay, uh, in terms of outreach. But uh, going into uh, the deeper parts of, of Lancaster, uh, yeah, I, I can do that because I've done that before, and uh, I'll fit in where you'll stand out, okay? And and that and I don't care if this is 2018. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you when you drive with yeah. me. <laughs> when when you when you Yeah, there's it. The thing is, he carries a badge, number one. Number two, he drives a vehicle that has these flashing blue and red lights on it, and he has one of those scenes that goes whoop, 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 whoop. You know? siren. So uh, going down in the deep part of the neighborhood there, I would be leery of that one. Yeah, I get shot at maybe, yeah. you know. <laughs> but everybody knows me down Stabbed. there. Well, everybody, they know you. Yeah, they know you're not a cop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that uh, being a Lancaster resident for 30 years now, it it weirds me out that there is so there are so few Hispanic Masons. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, my I mean, my percentage, boss. percentage-wise, you know, between Mount Horeb, uh, the Prince Hall Lodge, and then the and the and the brothers of color that are in the mainstream lodge, I guess for lack of a better word, I think percentage wise we we have a good percentage of black men that are masons, but the, the Hispanic community is completely. You know, my my closest friend just joined. We got to get him on the show one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my 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 dearest friend Pascal joined, and he's you know he, he's Haitian American. Uh, and he joined 43, and he came to his first stated meeting, and he said, wow, I'm glad that I increased our diversity by uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he sat with Ken, and, you know, mm. that was... But, but it, you know, it's, it, yeah, and, I, and I know when we say masonry is diverse, and you meet all sorts of people, uh, and, and there's all sorts of different walks of life, but it's not diverse, I think, that from an outsider would think we mean Well, one of the diverse. brothers from our lodge is actually involved in trying to establish a Spanish-speaking lodge in the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And mm. it's it's... Not looking good. It took too long. The the members that were really excited about it at first uh, fell out. And so there's a core group that are still trying to push it. But there's no reason that can't happen in Lancaster or York or yeah. mm-hmm. or well, any other town anywhere. But it but it doesn't have to be a Spanish speaking lodge. It it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it they, could be an English speaking lodge. It can be anybody's mainly lodge, of right? Hispanic just men. just know that when you come in the door, none of that matters anymore. Yeah, you know, my, and that's very difficult for right. a person of color or a, a, a person mm-hmm. of a different language mm-hmm. or a different ethnicity. It's it's very hard right. to believe that. Yeah. Because your whole life you You've were been, well you were going, back, going back to the right. religion thing. Very, I'd say the vast majority of of Hispanics have a Roman Catholic background, mm-hmm. and yeah, some of them may have be a different religions, but you know, and the the Catholic Church just traditionally was 
Maybe not openly anti-Mason. Strongly anti-Mason. Very well. <laughs> Very strong. Like papal but, bulls. But, yeah. that doesn't, but regardless, that doesn't change the fact that we could be going down into those communities and being helpful and volunteering. We and absolutely saying, could. And saying, oh, mm-hmm. by the way, we're Masons. And, uh, you know, maybe we attract a couple. Mm-hmm. And, Ken, you know, something that I didn't know when I had first met you, and I'm going to throw this out there for all of Pennsylvania and... and uh, you know, if you're a, a member of clergy, so like Matt Randolph, who was just on uh, mm. the Scottish Rite of the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction, uh, if you join Blue Lodge, if you join Blue Lodge and you're, you know, ordained, if you're a legit man of the cloth, they'll actually refund your initiation fees for you. Mm. And, and it, you don't have to, you, you, you can or cannot join the, the Scottish Rite after the fact, but they will actually pay you back for your initiation fees if you're a man of the cloth. So. Did not know that. Did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I made sure. You've got to pay your yearly dues. After, right? after Matt was on the show, I, mm-hmm. uh, I printed out the paperwork for the <clears throat> Knights Templar mm-hmm. Holy Land thing and uh, gave it to my wife's pastor. So my wife's pastor is at a, he's a pastor of a Mennonite church. And you know, he, they're a very liberal mm. church, but he still doesn't know much about the Masons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's an opportunity. If we could send a man like that on this cold trip and have a positive experience in regards to the Freemasons, you know, he could come back and tell them, like, oh, I was just, I got back from the Holy Lands and this was paid for. Well, are you, aren't they devil worshipers? Well, no. Not in my experience. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. You know, I, I wanted Jack to recite a piece or talk. I don't know if you want to say it verbatim, but there's a piece of the closing charge that I think would be really appropriate to egg the segment before break where we, and I don't know it by heart, but we talk about, you know, if we act a certain way, then the world will observe something or if other. If we faithfully observe these duties, the world will observe. If we faithfully something these duties, the world will observe how Freemasons love one another in obedience to the will of God. Is that what you're looking for? I mean, yeah, I think that's a, yeah. a wonderful mm-hmm. line, and we sometimes fail in that. We can call Larry, we can call Larry Hudson and get him to recite it. Well, just to take out of the lodge the principles of Freemasonry that you've been taught within it. I mean, we mm-hmm. you know we we just don't. I don't think we do enough taking it out into the streets. But hey, Moyer, call but, in this week and correct us. There you go. All right, well, go to break. <laughs> Okay, and we're back with episode 50. And Ken, I, so this is a very important thing for Freemasons. <laughs> Uh-oh. You happen to be an expert at something, like many Freemasons. Um, Six kids. Well, well no, no. Oh. Um, you, when we met you, you had a little bit of a weight problem. Oh, yeah. And sitting around mm. the table here, there's nobody in a weight I think Jack might be a 38 under. Exactly. Yeah, like a 44 over, but it's a 38 yeah. under. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you ha- so you had the the full big deal gastric yeah. bypass surgery. Yes, indeed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so how, tell me about how, tell our listeners about that, because I just think it's fascinating. Oh. And, and we have a, I think we have an opportunity. There's a lot of guys that would never ask. Mm-hmm. And we're a weird place to get medical advice. But <laughs> this is not to be considered medical advice. See your physician for your own personal medical treatment. But we just have a lot of brothers well, like myself Facebook, that are heavy. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, first of all, it's my wife's fault. Uh, <laughs> when I met her 30-some years ago, she is an excellent cook. And having six kids around the house, she cooked big meals. Uh, she'll tell you that she told me not to eat four or five helpings of everything. Well, I told her to stop cooking. That didn't work. So I gained a lot of weight, a lot of weight. Um, and I was up to 255 pounds. And I had diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, sleep apnea, and probably some other stuff that doctors didn't, didn't know about. Okay, and oh, 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 stage three kidney disease. Okay. And that a lot of it happened because of the medicines you're taking for all the other stuff. So uh, one of the brothers, okay, uh, Steve Henry, had uh, bypass surgery. And him and I are so close I, you know, that we talked about that. And then I talked to Larry Hudson, who had it, and about 16 other people. And you're surprised how many people have had the gastric bypass. And... Uh, I convinced myself to do that. It's a long process. You just don't walk in and say, hey, do this. You know, you got to go through psychological and physical evaluation, got to be passed off from several different doctors. And once you go through that process, which takes every bit of uh, four to six months, um, I had it. The operation is very, very simple. They just disconnect your stomach. That's all. They're reconnected. Do that. And then the the hardest adjustment is getting used to not being able to eat a whole lot. Okay. I can eat about a cereal bowl full of food, and that's about it. I'm stuffed for the whole day. Um, But my diabetes went away. The next day, it went away. The high blood pressure went away. The cholesterol problem went away. Okay. Um, That was worth the operation. How, how many that. pounds have you lost wow. so far? Oh God, almost sixty-five. Yeah, and that, and I just had it to the end. And of, Ken's, uh, Ken, how tall are you? Five nine, five eight, five seven, five six and a half. Okay, yeah. So I mean, that, that was two hundred fifty-five pounds oh, yeah. on your frame. Oh my gosh, was more significant than yeah. my well, it, my, my two hundred sixty-five yeah. pounds. He's well, still taller than Jack Aquilina. But the, the, <laughs> the problem was there; it did damage to my knees. Okay, I had to have both knees replaced prior to, to oh, from surgery. just being heavy, just being so heavy and being active and running around, jumping in, you know, and being in the fire service and all, you know. So, so really, uh, I wish I would have been able to get the uh, surgery, say maybe ten, fifteen years ago. Because your eating habits change, believe me. You See, we could do that. that. We could have a bonus, like you do surgery and you get your master mason's degree in one day. All that, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that's a new one day class. One of the things, <laughs> one of the things Ken didn't the bariatric say, degree. Uh, one of the things Ken didn't say was his wife is a phenomenal cook and he gained a lot of weight. She didn't. Yeah, she, I, didn't, I, she didn't gain any weight whatsoever. Yeah, Let me tell I, you, yeah, Ken you, is married. I, I to would a, never believe that your wife had six kids. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. A thin, well, beautiful a very beautiful woman. When I met Absolutely. her, she weighed 106 pounds. Okay, and I'm not going to tell you how much she weighs now, but it ain't 106. Okay, uh, 
she but she works thin. hard. She works hard at that. She weighs one hundred and seven pounds. I'm not putting her. I'm, she hears this show. She's gonna whoop you. You like know you she will because she listens to it too. You know, and you're gonna be yelling, "Hurt me! Yeah, hurt yeah, me!" Yeah, 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 yeah. I might have to have a place to live. <laughs> but no, it was the best decision I made. Really, it really was. Uh, I'm struggling with it because. Uh, uh, I see things I want to eat and I can't eat it. Okay, your 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 taste buds change, yeah, a lot. How? I mean, this is a, a real question. How hard is it to do masonry and not eat everything that you want to eat? I mean, seriously, because you know, I, I've put on. A, yeah, I'm, I was a big guy when I joined, and I'm a bigger guy now. Close the lodge, go eat pie. I mean, it's seriously like we you, eat you, a ton and we eat you shitty. Do, right? You want to tell them about and, last Tuesday night? <laughs> My we, kid. Our, our lodge had chicken pot pie night. Mm-hmm. Jason and Zoe show up for chicken pot pie. Zoe seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she but, ate how many plates? Well, she had a, a kid sized plate, and then she had five more scoops. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a little it. thing. Yeah. She can burn <laughs> little, it all. Little little scoops, yeah. but yeah. I gave her a little, you know, a, a small ladle at a time. But yeah. man, she yeah. more noodles, daddy. <laughs> Yeah, but that, yeah, when you're young like that, you can burn it off. When you get get older, then you know that's what'll stick to you. But no, I have I have uh, I waste a lot of money. Let's put it that way because I do support the lodge and their meals and things. I still buy the tickets and still go to sub sales and things like that. But and I support it because I I know what the lodge does with the money. Okay, and uh, I can give it to you directly or I can. Take a little sandwich home or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you make know, you suffer through the meal. Got to give it to our current worship master in 43 and our previous master in 43. I mean, both those guys are, you know, long distance runners. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ just did a 50, yeah. uh, a 50 mile trail run down in Clifton, Virginia, mm-hmm. down by uh, our boys in the Masonic Roundtable. But, you know, they're doing the uh, yeah, Ken, relay, Ken relay for life. Too, they're yeah. trying they're, yeah, yeah, and he just did the Philly 15K uh-huh. followed by a 5K. And, you know, but they're trying to loop in some of that healthier living into, you know, into the lodge. And mm-hmm. now in, in, in three or four years when I go in, we'll all be well, undone. But I did walk up the steps this morning. To get a bowl of cereal. <laughs> well, J- Jason, you know, I did see, I saw a thing on the news the other day that there's a, a thing in churches. Um, and I think it started out with men. It, it might be more than just men now, but the guys getting together on Saturday mornings outside of the church and they're doing yeah. almost like military type calisthenics, calisthenics yeah. and exercises and running around. Mm-hmm. If you could get Ken and those guys to you know, do a, a Masonic fitness thing. I mean, on we talk about we talk about small groups, and that that's you know that's what's keeping the big churches busy are those small groups. They mm-hmm. get you know you get a six thousand member church, but you get together with twenty five guys. You know, I've been toying around with this idea. Like we have Goose and Gridiron, but I've been toying around with this idea of a of a coffee get together, like earlier. Mm-hmm. Not on, on Thursdays, but, a, you know, a different day, whether it be an early Saturday morning or maybe a weekday that guys can get coffee together. But, you know, there's nothing stopping us from getting together. How about the trowel and the treadmill? There you go. What? But listen, you know, <laughs> our, our lodge is about, our lodge is about what, four blocks away from Central Market? Mm-hmm. Right. So for those of you that aren't from Lancaster, we have one of the old, we have the oldest running market and there's a couple of coffee shops in there. And, uh, you know, we could park a lodge, walk down to Central Market, get a cup of coffee. That's too far. We and walk back. That's too far. You never make it. No, no. The fellowship committee. There's bears walking. 
Hey, I had you walking for uh, what is it? Roots and Blues. You, uh, hey, you were I all walked, over yeah, Lancaster. I, I walked probably a good half a mile. So that J- day. J- no, I walked more than that. <laughs> so, that was brutal. So, Jason, that'll bring us back to whole. We could we could go on for hours. I started writing something for. I was going to hopefully submit something to the Scottish Right. Um, but but you didn't the, get accepted yet. No, yeah, they still haven't got me in the academy, so I'm, they're not getting my creativity. So, but. When I was in my fraternity in college, and I got I got through high school and I got through college pre-internet and pre-cell phone. So on Sundays or Thursday nights or whatever night, we would get together because we wanted to catch up with each other. And we download all the information of all the cool stories that we missed. And even in like up until I was 28, like we would get together at the bar, my buddies and I, and we talk about what we did all the past week. Well, let's look at the Masons. They used to meet once a month. These guys would get together, and they'd all catch up with everything that happened. Well, now I saw Jack took a picture of his cereal this morning. I know what he had for breakfast. I, I know your daughter's got a cold. Like, I know everybody's business because of Facebook. Mm-hmm. We don't have that need to get together like we used to. Social media took care of that. <clears throat> yeah, so... I don't have we to leave the house. To figure out. Well, well, this goes to what we talked about last week, last yeah. last episode, right? We're we're mm-hmm. we're on the cusp of becoming whatever it is that we're going to be next. next. Right. But yep. but that thing that we once were, we're not that anymore. Yeah. No, no but, but it, I think it manifests itself in different ways. I think the example of a goose and gridiron is a socialization, networking mm-hmm. of individuals who all have Facebook. Who that's how we communicate right. to them. And we get together, and the socialization, being with the other guys, is a lot of fun. And right, without a for, without a format. Without a format. Without a right, format, exactly. and that's where Grotto Lord, should was anybody, nice. Should anybody make an yeah. announcement at that meeting? It's still kill you. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, if you there's any bro, <laughs> bros out there that want to get coffee early on a Saturday morning, yes, park at Lodge. We'll walk down to Central mm. Market, and then we'll walk back. I'll meet you at Market. Well, yeah. No, you're st- <laughs> that's defeating the purpose, and we're going to call it Coffee and Cankles. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can make the cankles go away. Yeah, invite Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna walk there and you're gonna get a triple triple soy sugar cocoa with no sugar. You get yeah. a 600 calorie drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, park at the train I, I station and walk to the market. Idea. Why don't we do meet it. at Mean Cup and then get Byler's Donuts? You're missing the, <laughs> the donut. He's missing the whole. Yeah, yeah never yeah. mind. But yeah. there is Mean Cup and Market. That's the that's the idea. It's true. In any right. event. So let's take a break. Uh, we'll go to uh, here's from Seth, Seth Anthony and the news, and come back with uh, Jack's news. You're about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organization. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. Clampus Vitus. A2 Brute, Masonic Light Podcast listeners, today we travel west and investigate the history of E. Clampus Vitus. Known today as the ancient and honorable order of E. Clampus Vitus, shortened to ECV, the group is dedicated to the study and preservation of the heritage of the American West, especially the history of the motherlode in the gold mining regions but it is based on a much older organization that peaked around 1870 in the western United States. The organization's name is in Dog Latin, and has no known meaning. Even the spelling is disputed, sometimes appearing as Clampus, Clampsis, or Clampers. The fraternity is not sure if it's a historical drinking society, or a drinking historical society. 
Certainly, it's right up Pete's alley either way. The early history of the organization is unclear. Historian Lois Rather suggests that the order originally came from the southern states before being carried to California during the gold rush. The Sons of Malta, a fraternal society given to pranks and parody initiation rites, has been cited as an influence, even though the Sons of Malta do not seem to have existed until 1854. Though the ECV may have inspired the Sons of Malta, as there were many disappointed by the California gold rush who returned east. Others maintain that the group is a native Californian institution, founded by one Joseph H. Zumwalt in Mokulm Hill, California. Both legend and scholars agree that the group was founded in 1849. Zumwalt opened an ECV lodge in Mokulmoon Hill in 1851, when Moon Hill Lodge No. 1001 was established. ECV flourished, in part as the result of the miners' reaction to the established organizations, such as the Masons and the Oddfellows. Those groups had come to the mining country prior to ECV, and when ECV appeared, the older, more established groups looked down upon the more rowdy nature of Eclampus Vitus. ECV, on the other hand, made fun of the stuffed shirts of the Masons. They made great fun of the sashes and ceremonial attire of the upscale fraternities, and began in dressing in red shirts and pinning on badges made of cut-out tin candlets. This practice, called wearing the tin, continues to this day, although the badges are frequently professionally made. Members commonly dress in a red shirt, black hat, and Levi's jeans. ECV titles reflected the tongue-in-cheek nature of the organization. There are chapters in several American states, but mostly concentrated in the American West, as one would expect. Members call themselves clampers. Clamper meetings were held in the Hall of Comparative Ovations, which was generally the back room of a saloon. Some chapters even built their own halls of comparative ovations. One still stand in Murphy's. The clamper flag was a hoop skirt with the words, This is the flag we fight under. Meetings were held at any time before or after a full moon. New members were called poor blind candidates. They were required to present a poke of gold dust, although the value of the poke was left to the discretion of the Brotherhood and was frequently waived entirely if the prospective member could not afford it. A second era version of the organization was formed in 1930 by attorney Carl Irving Wheat. The new incarnation of ECV is more serious than its predecessor, as a historical society as well as mirth-making club. ECV historical plaques are found on many buildings around California. In 1991, there were 50,000 clampers in 62 lodges. Want to learn more about America's fraternal history? Visit the J.H. Rathbone Museum in person in Lafayette, Indiana, or online at jhrathbonemuseum.org. And be sure to like us on Facebook. Good news, everyone! Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. In Masonic News today, it has been irrefutably determined that on this day, Larry Maris is not the unhealthiest member of Ubar Grotto. The prophet monarch of Ubar Grotto is, in fact, less healthy than Larry, and as a result, will have his breast torn open and replumbed with a vein from a member which has been otherwise useless for several years. The surgeons remark that it is unusual for a heart so tiny to require so much work, but our prophet monarch would not take it lying down. He insisted that while they were in there, 
the surgeon should liposuction his abs and give him that enlargement procedure that has so long evaded him. Be well, prophet, and follow freaking instructions. And that's the Masonic news. So mode it was. Oh, amen. <laughs> poor, poor Spooner. Oh, wow. Get well, Sean. Mm. We're with you, brother. Be well. Get well soon. All righty. We, uh, we need another meeting like last month. <laughs> I'm running this one. Sonic Life Podcast. This is Moyer again. Uh, a little addendum to my earlier calling. Uh, we ran short of onions on four subs. That's another tip against Pete. And uh, for you guys that know Jack Harley, don't go out with him for drinks and food. Because any change that's left over the table, he puts in his wallet, promises to keep it until the next time you get together. And then he has no clue what happened to the money. Yeah, right, Jack. Try that again. Bye. And we're back. Um, so we're going to close up episode 50 here. Um, it's like it's our two-year anniversary, too. We didn't even, like, make a big to-do about it. Well, Wait, is it two years? Yeah. Really? We, we, we thought we'd celebrate it wow. on episode 52. I mean, I can't believe it. 26, 26, 52. Even though this is the an actual literal. Times the square root, square root of the hypothesis. We talked about this. Prime, prime number. We talked about this two weeks ago. Are you sure? Did you talk to it? To yourself about this? Uh, I guess. Who the hell knows? So anyway, a couple episodes will celebrate our, our second full year, but whatever. Nobody okay. cares. I mean, episode 50 is a milestone. Yet it needs 100 to go into syndication, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's television. So, Jason, what do you have going on in Masonically in the next couple weeks? So this upcoming week, which will be the week that already happened, is, uh, is Hell Week. Because uh, I'm here tonight, tomorrow, Lamberton is looking for help uh, in the chairs with an extra meeting. But uh, I am Mr. Mom. I have a kid that just got her wisdom teeth pulled. And my wife had, uh, she's got a couple of night jobs she needs to do. Because she had to take time off to go do wisdom teeth with the oldest. You don't need to know all the gory details. But tomorrow, I'm Mr. Mom. Wednesday night will be a stated meeting at Lodge 43, where we will have three entered apprentice degrees after the meeting. The next day is our regular extra meeting where we have three more degrees. Friday is the stated meeting of the Valley of Harrisburg. Um, Saturday in Lamberton Lodge, where I have dual membership, we have a regular attendee of Goose and Gridiron. His son will be joining Lamberton Lodge. And because his son at the time was working second shift and his father, who's already a member, his his, his health is uh, keeps him from coming to, to meetings on a regular basis. Uh, we're conferring a one. We're doing a one day class for him. I'll be conferring the first degree, but everybody filling the chairs and conferring will be members from our breakfast group. So sorry, I can't be there. You are doing way more fun things. I will. I will be <laughs> having a continental mm. breakfast in uh, Florence. So. And then aside from that, it's uh, Scottish Rite reunions coming up. So if there's any Pennsylvania Masons in the Central PA area, where we got Lancaster Lodge Perfection reunion followed up by Harrisburg next month, and 
that's pretty much my life for the next couple of weeks. We, and you and I are in a, uh, a undisclosed degree and playing undis- undisclosed parts at an undisclosed location, wearing undisclosed costumes. Ken, anything coming up masonically? Um, I, tomorrow night I'm going to try to make um, the Lamberton Lodge, and also definitely on Saturday. And then, of course, we are state meeting. I'm doing something. I'm not sure if I'm guiding or chaplain or what I'm doing, but I'll be there in tux, ready to go. I'm kind of looking forward to that because one of my good friends. Uh, is getting his uh, first degree. So I'm looking forward to that. And while I've got the mic, I want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to share. Ah, no, it's great thank having you. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. Jack. Uh, most of my Masonic weeks, this week and next, uh, I'll be missing. I'll be missing a stated meeting of Effort Lodge 665. I'll be missing an extra meeting where two degrees will be conferred. I'll be missing... Uh, Royal Arch Chapter meeting. You won't be missing any of it because you are. You are so right. (laughs) (laughs) I will, however, be presiding over the Grotto meeting uh, on the 22nd because uh, I certainly don't expect Spooner to be back for that. Um, So we do have a we do have a speaker for the night. What? So yep. I do. We actually have a program? <laughs> what? You guys better get ready for me. Oh, <laughs> you going to br- bring a little bit of structure? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. There's, 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 there's enough unstructure that I... going to speak about game fishing in Pennsylvania. Um, no, actually, I'll give it away. Uh, Chris Ambardino is going to talk about club fitting uh, and buying the right equipment for golfs. So it being master's season, that just ended. So uh, the guys are getting ready to go out. We're going to actually, a couple of us are going to play around before the grotto meeting. Yeah, I need to start learning how to golf. Well, I noticed three sets of clubs in the effort of basement. Yeah, uh, two of them are left-handed. So good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter, honestly. <laughs> hey, Larry, what do you, you have anything going on? Wait, wait, wait. Go back to Jack. Go back to Jack. Oh, you're not done. No, what? Jack's not done yet. Uh-huh. Um, you, you talk about your, your in-gathering. I know it's not until August, but uh, you should talk about your in-gathering. Oh, there will be an AMD, Allied Masonic Degrees, in-gathering. It'll be Central Pennsylvania's first in-gathering, and we are meeting at Effort Lodge. The tickets are limited, so if you're interested, uh, please look on the Facebook page for uh, Junto Council AMD. We, we can post put it, it on Put it on our uh, Masonic Light podcast. All right, put it yeah, there. refer to our, our uh, uh whatever this is, a Masonic Light page uh, on Facebook, and we'll have a link to it there. But um, it'll be a couple of speakers in the morning that is open to the public, and then a lunch. And then in the afternoon, it, it closes to a, a closed AMD meeting where they'll be conferring a couple of, uh, of the degrees that are under the jurisdiction of the Allied Masonic Degrees of North America. So should be an interesting event. It's the first one that we've done, so we're giving it a good shot, and we'll see how it goes. I got something I wanted to mention. I totally forgot. Sorry, you're rolling your eyes. Hey, talking about news, which we heard a little bit ago. <laughs> so we did the news article last week and about brother, Br- Br- what was the his French name? brother that was a police officer. Yeah. So it turns out that Bertrand he was. Oh, turn, turns out. Yeah, you're going to tell me he's clandestine. No, well, and you know that, what? That, that, no, I, that, seriously. And then, and, and. I had heard the news, you know, floating around after the fact that we had already done the article, that uh, that he happened to be clandestine, and you know, I don't know if he got the credit that he deserved just because he was clandestine. No, and it, it, in fact, if if I may, the, he wasn't yeah. clandestine. 
He was simply a member of a Grand Lodge not recognized by the UGLE or the state of Pennsylvania. That's not necessarily clandestine. It's just not recognized. Okay? Different animal altogether. There's a guy that probably had very similar belief systems to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, and this is another topic discussion, that infuriated me when I heard that from a couple people. Yeah. Really. He was a brother. Period. Just couldn't visit. Lodge no, with them. couldn't. You could have coffee he, and cancel. But on the, with on them. the other hand, you could clandestinely visit. No one would ever know. You could have pie. Just don't yeah, talk about right. it on the podcast. That's right. That's right. Larry. Yes. Do you have anything happening in the next two weeks? Uh, Goose and Gridiron Thursday, uh, the uh, the uh, three degrees on Saturday, 14th, which is the Goose and Gridiron degree team. So, no. Quiet. Uh, my week is horrible coming up. But, um, <laughs> You're out of time. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'll be in Gettysburg for the Pennsylvania Grotto Association. Represent. Um, I come back on Sunday, and I have be at a practice for Scottish Rite. And then Monday night, let me see here. Monday night, we have a practice for Tall Cedars degree. Yeah, that's right. Then Tuesday night, we actually have the, the degree for the 17th yep. for the Scottish Rite. Council on Wednesday, and uh, if I go and I'm not going to go, ESGA, uh, Empire State Grotto Association, I'm not going to that. But the following weekend, I'll be going to um, Wildwood for Tall Cedars. So the next two weeks, I'm Masonicing everywhere. This is all part of that one night a month thing, right? Yeah, exactly. That weekend that I was talking about coming down, just the wife and I, for one night, is prom. Yeah, You're a little old for prom. I know I am, but, but he uh, looks great in the sequin. But we got to we got to make sure the teenagers get off the prom, okay? And a tutu. Uh, Jack, is Chapter Forty Three conferring a degree this month, or is this an off month for degree work? They are. They're doing the Royal Arts degree, and I'm so sad I can't be there because I do love to do the Principal Sojourner part. Is that during your trip? Yeah. Yeah. Is it worth throwing out there to any of our Pennsylvania chapters that uh, we're in need of a candidate to get his degrees over by summertime? No, that's, that's, oh, 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 you're talking about from, uh, from the inside out. Yeah. We do have a candidate that we'd love to get all three of the Royal Arch degrees at some point. We just missed a one day class in Allentown. Uh, but if, uh, if there is anybody listening at all, uh, or if there's anybody sure. listening from sure. a, in, in a Royal Arch, uh, uh, chapter, who is conferring a, a one-day conferral type thing on a weekend. We'd love to hear about that because we do have a, a brother who would like to uh, become a Royal Archmason, and we just don't have the time um, on the calendar to get it done for him. So um, just drop us a message on the Facebook page, and we'd appreciate it very much. Boom. And I guess that's it. Ken, thank you so much for coming today. Larry. Take us out of here. Take us out of here. Hey, here we go. Okay, uh, special thanks to uh, Monarch Studios for allowing us to continue to record in the basement. And and to Lady Stephanie, let me tell you, Lady Stephanie is gorgeous, beautiful, intelligent, mm. and she tolerates the five of us. And she, she's, really, she's really a doll. Thank you, Steph. And can sing. Uh, yeah, and can sing, absolutely. Mm. Um, also, too... Uh, 
Thanks to uh, Jason. <laughs> Sorry for the noise. Jason Lewis, our producer, for always turning on a great show. That's me. Yeah, and uh, to Brother Pete and Brother Ken for visiting us tonight. You did a great show. That's Brother Jack, our news director. And uh, just want to close it out by saying that I just finally discovered what's wrong with my brain. Jeez. Just? just? I just discovered what's wrong with my brain. How much time do we have left? Uh, hear me out. Okay, hear me out before you criticize. Dun, 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 I discovered what's wrong with my, my brain. On the left side, there's nothing right. And on the right side, there's nothing left. That's this is I Jason Lewis. This is Larry. This is P or Jerry. This is Larry. Jack. I don't know who I am. <laughs> good, good night, good day, and thanks for listening to Masonic Light Podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you were awesome. Nothing on my left. I'm getting... <laughs> the number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Mm-hmm.